Welcome to SelfDiscoveryWisdom.com, formerly known as Self-Discovery Media. On these podcasts, you're going to hear people who speak from the heart. They've taken the journey in life. Many things have happened to them, but they've changed it to happening for them. And in their strength, their courage, they've discovered their abilities and their wisdom, and they are now sharing it here with you. Do enjoy each show. We bring it to you with love and knowing that it's going to help you on your journey of life. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living, right here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy. My guest today, back again, we did a show many years ago, is Marion Baker. And that's when I was just doing audio and not video as well. And she wrote a great book, The Lying Green Plastic Covered Couch, which we'll we'll touch on today, but I'd like you to go back and listen to the old show, because even though it was just audio, we covered a great deal, which was wonderful. But today we're going to be talking about post Valentine's Day love, how to keep that love alive. Uh, She says her big why is to evolve the human experience and in other words, awakening to ourselves. We can use any catalyst in our lives for that purpose. And her focus is on relationships and money, two of the big ones. However, today we said our forces would be on relationships. And so just in time for post Valentine's Day, we're going to keep that love alive and make sure that money doesn't get in its way because very often money does get in the way of a relationship. The relationship with money personally can affect a relationship, uh, relationship with somebody else over money. And she says that people can benefit around these areas that struggle with the feeling of easily triggered or helpless in their life and relationships, like there is something bigger than them, that they have no sense of personal power or to be able to overcome obstacles. If you are struggling with either uh, to find a great relationship or once you're in one, you struggle and feel like you start to lose yourself, then today's topic is for you. Marion will talk about the egg. Uh, What's that and how it can help you change everything about the way you relate to relationships, to yourself, and most importantly, how you relate to the world in general. The egg will help you to learn how to effectively consider yourself ahead inside uh, instead of self-sacrificing so you do not have to feel lost and alone and she is a counselor and she's uh, very very passionate about what she does so let's dive right in uh, this is post valentine's day and you know it's kind of nice that we have a day for love but that isn't just one day of love it should be relationship with love with ourselves love with what we do love of life love of everyone else and in love with somebody and that should be a 364 day year Um, but you know yeah we get the hype on valentine's day and then it seems to be rather like the sugar crash (laughs) so how do we keep that love alive welcome back marion thank you so much sarah and thank you for that uh, lovely introduction it's great to be back it's good to have you back. And uh, I, I really want people to read the book and I really want people to go back and listen to the other show because this was all about you and your relationship and your journey to find love at that time. But now, of course, you uh, are there and this is your specialty. Um, people don't realize that it's not about finding someone to complete you. It's mm-hmm. about finding somebody to compliment you. And then it, it's discovering each other's nuances, you know, traits. Um, you may fall in love with someone, but now you've got to get to know 
all the you know the little nuggets about them and there might be some that might aggravate you yeah well said yeah because when when we go into love we're we are literally in this like hormonal psychosis really yes and it and it's a beautiful time and it's a fun time to be in but it's definitely not a time to make decisions about the rest of your life or or even or even about who this person is because you just Mm. don't know really you don't and I mean what I always say to people is you don't know really who you're in a relationship with until you have your first conflict and then you get to really learn a lot about that other person. I always used to say play Monopoly with them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, perfect. Yes, perfect. It, it kind of really shows you that competitive straight and everything else. And it's, um, um, yeah, because when you have that first conflict, insecurities on both sides come up. You know, does the blame game come up? Does the shame game come up? Uh, are they attacking you or is it something that, you know, it really does reveal a lot about the person and how they deal with things, but how maybe injured they are, not by yeah. you, but by what they're carrying through life. And, yeah. you know, how to deal with that, because that is a navigation itself, isn't it? How do you deal with an argument without letting it escalate? That is a really good question. And it's something that I work with couples with a lot is I give couple, I get couples to choose a safe word Mm. because in the, in the heat of the moment, couples tend to want to argue content, right? Instead of addressing the behavior. So I'm trying, what I do is I try to get them out of content, address the behavior by, or the address the idea that you're actually in an escalated situation and that's not a place that you can make decisions from yeah. or or really engage with each other effectively. So I give couples a safe word and I say, use your safe word, walk away, take some time, act like good citizens toward each other. And then when you've calmed down, come back and then talk about it and see mm-hmm. what you can do. Because, yeah, when you're like when you're escalated in your emotions, your your escalation escalated emotions are up here and your thinking brain is shut off <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally it's at the soles of your feet <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah and yeah it becomes a mudslinging match right and, yeah. Yeah. and who can throw the biggest mud <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly so yeah it's it tells you that conflict tells you a lot about who a person is and when you and this is really an important piece of what I'm going to talk about today when you're in that space of setting a like the safe word that's actually a boundary that's saying I don't want to do this with you I want something else and so then you get to see if that person can actually respect that boundary and so that's, yeah. uh, I, I want to talk about that a little bit. Too. Definitely. And I just want to hit on the safe word. Don't use a common word that could easily be thrown out. Um, you know, like have a word like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Exactly. Right? Because it's exactly. a word that kind of doesn't belong in the argument. And yes. so it's a word they had to pay attention to. If you have a generic word, it can get lost in the argument. And you go, but I said my safe word and I didn't hear it. So right. have a word you know, fiddlesticks, so boulder dash, yes. you know, anything like that. <laughs> but a word that definitely doesn't belong because then they they hear that. Absolutely. Yeah. I love supercalifragilistic. That's a great one. Because I mean the more and the more levity you can bring to it, maybe yes. that is enough to break the tension. Yes. Right. And laugh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. And I mean, so I tell people like use the name of your favorite pet or you know, yeah. something that feels 
feels good to both of you that might bring some levity so yeah that's a that's a really good point Yes, because otherwise it gets lost. And um, you're absolutely right. It, it doesn't matter whether it's it's your loved one, a boss, or even yourself. Uh, you never can make clear decisions when you're in a state of anger because everything tenses up. That means the oxygen isn't getting to the brain. Exactly. So the thought process isn't working properly. And you cannot make rational decisions in a flight or fight mode. Right? Oh. Uh, so it is both need to calm down reassess and I would even go a step further depending on whom you're with that sometimes the spoken word can't be heard but the written word is better so mm. you know know your partner and I found with mine it was if I wrote how I felt and that's the point of this is you write how you feel and you regurgitate you let it all out Right. Then you read it back and go, no, that's a bit tough. I can't really say that. And you filter yeah. and you filter and you filter. And then you get to the point clearly, concisely, without bashing. And you send them that and you say, I don't want an answer until you really have digested. Let them digest it in their own time. And when they're ready, now you can really converse about it. Right. But mm -hmm. both need to decompress and you need to get things off your chest. So go and do it somewhere else, either writing or hug a tree or do whatever it is you need to do right punch a bag uh, yep. but I find with the writing and you said this and you did this and you made me feel like that and then afterwards you read it and go now really that's my responsibility you know I really shouldn't say that and you filter filter out you wouldn't have filtered it out if you'd said it to each other by right. writing it you're filtering out and now you're actually giving this is why I reacted in this way and now they can see what triggered that reaction and they can take like accountability as well. And I think it's a more rational way of approaching something because we can't do it. But the yelling match serves nobody. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I tell people to go out and buy a pool noodle and beat the crap out of your pillow or, you know, yes. scream in your car. And, and yes. actually, I'm going to steal the journaling one because that's a really good idea. No, it, it like, really does get work, it out. actually. Yes. Yeah, yes. Get it out. Get yeah. it out and then then write it out in a clear, concise way and give it to them and say, I don't go read this when you've digested and you're ready for an answer. You can either write back or we can talk. Mm -hmm. um you know i don't need an answer right this moment and let them digest it on their own time and then you can really actually address the problem right absolutely because yeah. you filtered out all the emotion now you can really address the problem with clear heads absolutely yeah and and that's a, a really good point is like you do have to come back and talk about it and and you 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 made another good point was like the the accountability piece is like yes af, after you've written all that out can you act do you are you with a partner that can actually be accountable for their actions or do they want to just continue to blame you because mm -hmm. in that in that moment of spiked reaction all your defenses are up right and so all you can see is somebody on the attack that's all you get to yes. see your partner yes. is no longer your team member they are your enemy and so can you can you get past the point where your partner becomes your team member again? And is yes. No I mean, it also shows you because, you know, as you said, when you're in the authorium moment, it's like, love you forever. And, you know, then you get to that argument and it's like, can you get past it? Uh, mm -hmm. The worst thing is when somebody holds a grudge and mm -hmm. if they bring up the last argument in the next argument and throw it back in your face mm -hmm. and that now you've really got a red flag right right 
Yeah. Or, or even if they just can never take accountability and yeah. you're always the one to blame. Yes. Like if they're always pointing the finger at you and no, like even 24 hours later, no, that, that fight was your fault. Like, that well, could be that you're with a narcissist. It could be. <laughs> that could be the first indication when there's no could accountability be. whatsoever. Yes. Uh, so uh, hopefully you'll find that out before you put the ring on it. <laughs> that it, That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. Because that, that first euphoria doesn't, doesn't like the, the, the euphoria actually is, is um, physiological and it's built in to our species on purpose mm -hmm. because it's how our species perpetuates, right? It, it, it makes sure that people are making love because right? yes. <laughs> they're so attracted to each other. And so for that first three months, six months, that's all it takes to make a baby. And so that's yeah. what happens to ourselves. And let's face it, you know, back in the day, you know, there was no long courting. There wasn't engagements, you know, there no. was, you know, stars and and then marriage and then babies all in the first year. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. At age yeah. 14, 15, 16. Like exactly. It was no normal. Yeah. And, and of course, at that age, especially romance is everything. Right. So, yeah. right. So, you know, can't, oh no, they're not a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always a good thing to find out before you marry somebody. Exactly. <laughs> because you're so goo goo gaga eyed, you know, you fall in yes. love with everything. And how many people are we in love with when we're in our teens? You know, so, <laughs> you know it's not a good time to commit to anything. Um, no. You know, getting past that, you know, that, um, you know, when you meet someone and you go, like, we just clicked. It was great. We could talk mm -hmm. for hours. We could feel the chemistry between us. And that is absolutely wonderful because that connection has been made. The big mm -hmm. thing now is what about the sustainability? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, so this this is the important part. It's like the first thing that you need to do is establish that safe word, establish that boundary, and go from there. And so can I... I actually want to tell a story about my mom, if that's okay. Yes, yes. Um, because this is what I learned for myself. Because when I first wrote my book, I was newly into my marriage and, um, you know, found what it actually took to build, to get a relationship and, and have a relationship and have a marriage. And now 13 years in, I'm finding that there's a bunch of different skills that you need to actually maintain the relationship. Mm. And yes. And like we're talking about Valentine's Day, so everybody's thinking about, you know, lingerie and flowers and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And so your typical answers would be, you know, do that more often, have a date night and all that kind of stuff. And everybody's heard that stuff before. And I think that there's one more thing that's crucial. And this is where this is where the egg comes in. And I'll, I'll explain a, a little bit about the egg in a little bit. But my story with my mom was that she was... Um, I was always scared of her. Like she was the angry one in the family. So like my mom had this big flary temper and um, like when you were in trouble, your knees were quaking and you knew it. And so I never, I never learned how to love her at all, mm. which means you never really learn how to love. Yeah. Tr really? Yes. A mother's love is that first love. It yeah. is. Yeah. And so um, when I was in my, I don't know, late thirties or mid thirties, I started doing all these personal development workshops, hoping that that would be my catalyst to help me learn how to love my mom. And so I did all these things that they said and burnt all the sage and, you know, did all that kind of stuff and nothing, nothing ever changed. And then 
um, you know, trying to get myself own into a loving space for my mom, <laughs> it's like, you know, you know, and, and nothing really ever worked because I was just still always afraid of her. And finally, when I started taking my counseling program there, there was more. And so what I did one day is I sat down with my mom and I said, I was honest with her. I said, you know what, mom, I have no idea what it's like to love you because I've always been afraid of you and I want something new. And she didn't really respond, but we cried together. And all she said was, I'm glad we talked because neither of us knew what that was going to look like, you know, from that moment on. And so the next time we met, because so here's an example of what would happen. So when we would meet, we'd meet for lunch or whatever. And her hello would be, that dress makes you look fat. <laughs> like, like, like that, was, that was my mom. And well, so, thank you for the warm and fuzzies. <laughs> yeah, love you too. And then, and so I was like, and now that I had had the conversation, I was more aware mm. of what it was that was causing my fear. And so I, I said, "Mom, this is it. Remember the conversation we had?" Because I now had her a frame of reference for her about what it is that I wanted and why I was talking about this stuff. I was like, "This is it. This is what gets in my way mm-hmm. of wanting to of being able to feel close to you." Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't, I don't feel cared about. Yes. When and, and and you know talking about me, I'm just talking about me, not talking about her. I don't feel cared about when I hear things like that. And so, what I was asking her to do was stop controlling the way that she had learned how to control her whole life. Mm. You know, here was a woman in her seventies, probably by then, and I was asking her to do something different, and she didn't know how to do that. Right. So. So what happened? So yeah, so I was doing the thing like calling, I was calling the safe word, essentially. Yes. yes. And so, and she didn't know what to do with that. So she got worse, like she amped it up. Mm. And so I struggled to like pull together all the courage that I had one more time. And I said, because so it happened again, your face is a mess. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that time I was like can we escalate this what else is wrong <laughs> exactly <laughs> eyebrows too close together hair's too curly I don't know <laughs> and so I I stopped her that time and I said mom this is feeling really bad to me now like this this just isn't how I'm gonna learn to love you mm-hmm. and she heard me that time she heard me. And so from that moment, on, she was, she was still a cantankerous old coot till the day she died. Like she wasn't any different, right. but I was yes. like, I learned to set a boundary for myself that I knew that I could create a sense of safety for myself. Yes. Yes. And when I did that, I loved her openly and freely and warmly, like a little child for the rest of my life till the day yeah. she died. You took back your power. I did. In other words, it wasn't, you understood that her reflecting on you was her issue. It had nothing to do with you. So therefore you didn't need to put any attachment to it. Exactly. Yeah. And I knew that any, at any point again, if she started getting, I could say, mom, enough. Yeah. Not, not today. Yeah. Yes. Um, It's actually interesting because this is kind of the relationship my kids have with their father I mean he's uh, uh, um, they're fully aware of who he is fully aware uh, right and they go you know I love you but I know your love is limit limited yeah right? and they yeah. accept that that you know he cannot love in the way that they would like to be loved right. he loves them but his yeah. way of showing it is very different and you know it's kind of learning not to be hurt 
by the either inaction or or the various things that are said mm -hmm. and that it's him it's not them so exactly. when they see him and we're all going to be together this coming weekend we're doing a delayed shared chinese new year because he's chinese and the ah. whole families are going to be together along with another family we always used to do this so we've kind of decided to put the two families together which have now grown you know grandkids and things like that so <laughs> nice. um and he would be there and but when whenever we we walked our daughter down the aisle together we um are, you know celebrations together but, you know, like one time he attacked me and my daughter said, leave the house and don't come back until your attitude has changed. And oh. he was kind of shocked by this. She said, not in my her. house. And it's like, so they, they have their boundaries of what they will take and what they won't take. But they wow. also know he is who he is. Mm -hmm. And I'll take him at who he is. But that doesn't define who I am. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, so exactly. that's the that's the thing is that whatever your mother went through in life she never dealt with it that's right, right. and she, neither did her mother and her mother and exactly her mother the pattern that. carries yeah. on and, and that's yeah. it you broke that pattern because you were willing to do the work yes uh, for that generation what work there's nothing wrong with me what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's you yeah, not that, me. <laughs> exactly yeah i mean they didn't have the same opportunities that no. we have right now for mental health care and yeah there was no talk about like if you weren't in those days like if you went to a counselor it was like <gasps> exactly oh, what's yeah. wrong with you oh you were yeah. institutionalized actually i had a grandfather right. yes. who was institutionalized for post-traumatic stress before they knew what that was right right so exactly. you know this is the the fear actually was quite genuine with them of not you know and and this whole thing of husbands putting wives in institutions for hysteria when they wanted to yes. get rid of them yeah. you know is uh was you know, went right into the last century. So you can understand where their fear came from. But Absolutely. we've been encouraged our generation to deal with fear, to face that fear, to mm -hmm. say I'm worthy of love. Yeah, I'm. It's okay for me to love myself. That's not egotistical or narcissistic. This is loving myself, who I am, for what I am, and what I contribute. And from that place is the love I want matched. Absolutely. And, um, and who, and who else is them? <laughs> no, not at all. And who is it that's going to take care of you that knows the best way how to take care of you than you? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And and we're always going to be loved in the light that we love ourselves. Yes. So exactly. if we don't really love ourselves and then somebody doesn't really love us, what does that say? You know, raise the, your own love volume, your own self-love volume, and then you will match that vibe with somebody that tunes into that vibe. So the first loving relationship you have after really your mother or your father is yourself. Absolutely. And that's that's exactly how you continue to have love after Valentine's. Yes. Right? Yes. Is that. So can I show you my egg? Because I think that yes. the egg, the egg actually talks to this really well. And so you're going to get to see my beautiful drawing here. <laughs> so this is my egg. Aha. So, so for the people listening, it's a round egg uh, uh, divided in the middle. You one side, question mark the other side. Exactly. And so the egg is 100% of the relationship. Right. And and you have 50% of the responsibility in that relationship. Exactly. And so the other person. And so this is where clear boundaries are important for you. Because what we're talking about, you taking care of you, mm. this is how you keep the love alive. Is by like this line in the middle. 
-hmm. it's a healthy boundary right and as long as you're keeping that intact yes you you can openly and freely love the other person on the other side of the line just like i did with my mom yes exactly and so and so how you know if you're over or under the line is like if you're over the line you think that you know what that person needs to do with mm -hmm. their life and you make no bones about telling them mm -hmm. <laughs> or not <Yeah. laughs> you're you're the bossy one you think that you know what that person is thinking and it's never good mm -hmm. um what else is there it's like like you don't have any faith in that person essentially to lead their life the way that that they that you think that they should and so you put yourself in sort of the authority mind of that person and if this person is in agreement with you you're going to live your life here Mm -hmm. that's where you, this person is going to agree yeah you're right I'm not capable you take over my life exactly yeah right right and again for the people who are just listening the dividing line has moved over uh, mm -hmm. diminishing the halfway mark of the other person uh, because exactly. you are now taking control over them and that's one of the worst things you can do in a relationship absolutely and yet this person teaches you how to treat them yes and yeah. so they agree like they're in yeah. agree like you you can't be here without their agreement that was my marriage <laughs> even when i asked yeah. for the divorce that's exactly what he said i've lost the control i had over you right. uh, and, and that was it because i gave him control he, he kept pointing out all my flaws or my problems uh, everything i was and uh, and he wasn't like he was going to fix me but he lauded it over me and so right. that line got bigger and bigger where he then took control over my life. And it's only when I pushed back and took back my control that yes. uh, that things changed. Well, well things changed. It was goodbye. <laughs> yes. And that that is a brilliant, a brilliant um, example, because this person, like if you, if you this person is going to start saying, hey, no. Like it, it can, it can be either person, like this yes. person can start to go, Oh, Hey, wait a minute. I'm being too bossy. I'm going to pull that back. This person can, can step up to this line and say, Hey, stop. But, but for, for you to be on this line, both people have to be in agreement about that. Yes. And when, and yes. when one person's not, that's when you have to make decisions. Right. And, and people like what, one of the things that I don't like is people say, I walked away from a toxic relationship. And one of the things that I will say is that if you actually, because like this line is actually about a confession and an invitation. Mm. It's about, here's what I want. Mm -hmm. I want that with you. Mm -hmm. Do you want that too? Mm -hmm. And then there's no, uh, no, puzzle, no, no confusion on the side of the right. other person about if you're going to walk away, why you're going to walk away. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or, or often they'll just walk away themselves. They'll be like, hell no. <laughs> <You know? Yes. laughs> I'm not sticking around for that. That's not what I want. I want, I want to control you. And if right. you're not in for that game, then I'm out of here. Exactly. But, you know, mm -hmm. and that was the kind of the case when I took back my control, the interest yeah. lost, right? Because, yeah. it was all about, and you know, why does somebody want to control another? It's because they feel out of control within themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So, so this person over here that's trying to control doesn't know how to manage their own anxiety. And so they, exactly. they, yeah, project it onto it. you. Yes. Yeah. They impose it onto you. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. 
And, you know, that dividing line isn't a division of you're one side, I'm the other side. You know, I have a fabulous no. picture that I put out all the time, and it's it's man and woman where you can distinctly see their face. But then there's the merging of the face together. Uh -huh. So what we want people to do is you are bringing your strength and your strength. In The individual strength can stand alone. But Absolutely. when you bring those strengths together in unity, like you lock your fingers and then pull, then yeah. you are inseparable, but you're not yeah. inseparable if one is dependent on the other. Now, there are going to be situations in your relationship through circumstances where you do become more dependent over your partner. And that's the yin and yang, the give and take. That's when the partner steps up because he knows at this time period, you're vulnerable, you can't cope and you need to take the reins. But And it's all about strengthening that partner so they can get back up on their own two feet and then be there again for each other. It's that give and take. And I think it's, when you talk about the seesaw, the teeter-totter, it's not about how high you can get and how low you can get. It's how can you keep the rhythm, the flow, the yeah. up and down, and ride in that rhythm so there isn't the extreme of somebody is up there and somebody has down there. Yeah, absolutely. That's a beautiful visual of the interdependence, like the independence and the interdependence. And, yes. and that's gorgeous. And I, I agree with you. It's like, if, if I'm going camping, give me an overfunctioner any day. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. <laughs> so, and so it, it's a matter of like today, I'll be the one that's in charge and we'll do this. And tomorrow you can be in charge exactly. and we'll do this. And, you, and you've it, got it, your own strengths. It's recognizing them, right? And it's not um, being Absolutely. jealous of them or going you know it's like this is this is your you know you take the wheel on this one right yeah. because you recognize that that that's that person's capability and there isn't Absolutely. any jealousy or competition or comparison it's about recognizing that and uh, and that's respect yeah yeah that's that's a great word to put on it i would say and it, it's if you are in business with somebody right mm -hmm. everybody oh, wears boy. a particular hat and that means that hat is their forte. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the CEO may have to wear, you know, different hats. Um, but you've got to know when to take the hat off when somebody else is wearing it, you know, uh, and yeah. not compete. You, that business is only going to be as strong as everybody's participation, as everybody's input, right? Everybody's collaboration. Yes, so absolutely. Why can't we sometimes look at our own relationships with our partners in the same way? Yeah in that way and i there's a really good answer for that is because when the person that is the closest to us is where we care the most about what it is that they think and they do and where we see ourselves reflected to the greatest degree and so it's with our partner with our intimate partner that all of our stuff comes up the most and so and so in business it's a bit removed right you can put your best facade on and people don't have to always know the real you Whereas at home, people get to know the real you because you just can't keep up the facade. Right. And so, and so, and because you care, that that's the piece that's the crux, because you care the most about, about this person and about your life with this person. It's the hardest place to um, not be, not have your vulnerabilities come up. I think one of the big things is don't take things personally. That's the, that's it. That's the magic words. Yeah. 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 Their behavior 
is not about you in any way, even if they're telling you that that it is. And that's the hardest part for a lot of people. No, but you did this and you did that and you did this and you you're you know that you're bad at such and such. Yeah. It's like, yes, and mm-hmm. your behavior right now is blaming and that's not okay. Exactly. Yeah. And and sometimes somebody just needs to be kind of reminded of that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You know, a lot of my like, clients. I you know, I know that you care and I know that you're frustrated right now, but we're overstepping the line. Yeah. That's where the safe word comes in. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, you see very rarely you see old couples walking along hand in hand. You know, isn't it what what every one of us want? We want to go into our twilight years with a partner. Right. You know, and that's, you know, somebody that's weathered the storms with us and shared the joys with us, that companionship. You can sit in a room silent together and feel together. Right. Mm-hmm. And and it's um you can cheer each other on, you can support each other. Everybody wants that in their life in some form mm-hmm. or other. And it when you see these older people like that, it's like the expectation when they got married was one of you're married for life and you are in this together. And kind of mm-hmm. everybody knew the role. Roles today have changed. Women are their own bosses, they're earning their own income, they may earn more than the man or partner, uh, or their career may be more demanding, you know, then there's kids involved, and it's it's a different demographic today than it used to be. And to actually see the amount of percentage of people that do grow old together is far less, because we see far more divorce than ever, ever before. And I think if we put the emphasis on ourselves and what we love, our own self-love of living from inside out. You know, what do I love about me? What do I love about what I do in life? What's my purpose in life? Because mm-hmm. somebody's going to fall in love with you for that. Exactly. Right? And so exactly. it again, it's not about finding someone who completes you, but somebody who compliments you. And I don't mean compliments you, you're beautiful. I mean compliments you in in what you do that they're just as passionate about something they do. And sometimes you can bring those passions together. Otherwise, you can just celebrate each other's passions, even though they're different. But it's different to the way it used to be. And we're still navigating that path, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And like you've brought up a couple of really good points about this is that um, the more that each person is fulfilled within themselves and when they're in their own lives, the more that more of them that they have to bring to a relationship. Yes. And and a lot of people think that they have to re- leave a relationship to go discover themselves. And and if you've got a supportive partner, it's the opposite. Yeah. You no, know, you, you can actually do that. And in terms of changing roles, I saw a really beautiful blog the other day. And there's there was this man who, who demanded, I am no longer helping my wife. And I was like, whoa, my hair was blown back a little bit when I read that yeah. title. So I, I had to go read it. And he, he said that my wife goes and works out just goes and works out of the house just as many hours a week as I do. And the house, or, you know, the kids, the house, all of that kind of stuff traditionally has been put on the wife as the person that has to take be at least the one in charge Mm 
-hmm. of asking me to be, you know, can you help with this? Can you help with that? He's like, take out the garbage. (laughs) Yeah. Can you, yeah. Hey, honey, here's the honey do list. Can you take out the garbage? He's like, I'm changing that perspective. I'm no longer helping her. I am an equal partner. Exactly. Here. And I was like, yes, you go. You go. I'm not. I'm not going to sit around and be the one that she has to nag to be able mm. to get the, the lawn mowed. You know, I'm I'm going to step up and do my part and ask and, you know, do my own looking around to see what it is that needs to be done instead of counting on her to be the one with the ticker tape of all the list of things that need to be done. Exactly. My daughter and her husband have that relationship. And Brilliant. although, you know, like he's not a great cook, so she does do the cooking, but great. then he goes and does other things that she can't do or doesn't want to do. But when it comes to uh, parenting, they are 100% equal co-parenting. Uh, every other morning, one gets to sleep in while the other one gets up with the babies. Uh, so they, you know, switch that out. And um, recently over Christmas, one uh, we all got the RSV virus from my one grandson mm. and my other grandson ended up six days in hospital with it. Oh, so no. they alternated you know, being there and one got a good night's sleep while the other one was in the hospital and I was there looking after the other one. But they are an absolute partnership. It is, they recognize, uh, okay, I can do this. That's not your strength. You can do that. That's not my strength, but this is what we can do together. And decisions are made together and things like that. And it's, uh, it's mm-hmm. as, she's, as she pointed out, you know, we're partners we're partners and we're going to behave like partners. And for my younger daughter, it was like, I'm not going to have your marriage, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so each generation kind of learns from the next generation, but she she did a nice big leap of making uh, sure that she didn't, you know, marry that same, same person. So there is no one person controlling the other. Wow. Um, one has That's... a strength in this area, one has a strength in that area, and they recognize it. You know, obviously they still, they still have some titates now and again, but they know oh, how sure. uh, to do sure. it. But yeah, and, and that's, I think, that generation, you know, they're in the 30s. Uh, he's about to turn 40, so he's same age as my son, who's about to get married. <laughs> he's Aww. getting married at 39. Nice. Right, married to somebody who has been married and has a daughter. Uh, but this is, for him, he's been in long-term relationships, five years, six years, eight years. And now, you know, finally, this is the first woman he's put a ring on it, right? Uh-huh. And, uh, and uh, so, you know, they're getting married in August and uh, she's Italian. So, yes, there's tumultuousness sometimes and he could be very tumultuous, but they both work on, you know, dealing with that. And we call that the 10% factor, that 10% of either past trauma or can't deal with issues. Make sure it doesn't bleed into the 90% of your relationship. And then, you know, look at that 10% is what are you going through right now that you're reacting this way? How can Mm -hmm. I support you? Or what do you need in order to get through it? Just make sure it doesn't bleed into the 90%. Oh, that's a really good model. I like that one. One of the ones that I use when I counsel couples is to look at your relationship. Like say you've been in a relationship for two years. You are, there's you there's your partner and then there's the relationship and there are three separate entities yes and so if you've been in a relationship for two years you're you are dealing with a two-year-old yeah if you've been in a relationship for 20 years you're you are in relationship you're each in a relationship with a 20 year old a 20 year old has more wherewithal Uh more experience more 
you know, more 10%, yes. you know, more, <laughs> yeah. more experience with the 10%. Whereas a two-year-old needs a little bit more nurturing, needs a little bit more care until it can start to grow up and start to grow. You can grow together into that beautiful visual that you gave earlier yes. of the faces meshed. Yes, yeah. exactly. You know, it, it is work. It is. It doesn't have to be hard work. That's right. If you put things in place to make sure that you don't go across those boundary lines, right? That there isn't that pushback. You know, I'm I'm recognizing this is they're getting out of control right now. Let's take time out, mm -hmm. right? Or if you're driving in the car together, because that's a big one. A lot of arguments happen in the car and you can't walk away. I'm putting the radio on right now and we're both being quiet. Perfect. Right? Yeah. Do yeah. not escalate it. Even if the other person wants to go, uh-uh. Mm -hmm. As yep. much as you would like to <laughs> back. <laughs> yep, sometimes we're on a roll. It's like exactly. with your children, you know, they know when you're mad, don't do that. I've told you not to do it, stop that. Mm. Uh, and, they, and they just keep pushing the boundaries when you go, stop that. Yes. Mama's mad. She's crossed Mom's that boundary bad. now. Right? <laughs> you know, just like the safe word, sometimes that tone goes, I've had enough. That's it. Yeah, right? exactly. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think it's recognizing that and having enough respect for your partner to know you're pushing too much. This is not Absolutely. a safe space. Right. And especially Absolutely. in a car when a person feels they can't step back and they can't move away. And plus, it's dangerous. If someone's driving and arguing, it's dangerous. You're driving. Concentrate on the road, not on your argument. Yeah, you need your thinking brain for when you're on the road and you're not in your thinking brain when no. you're arguing. Absolutely. And I mean, boundaries also come in at a like really crucially at the beginning of a relationship, too, because it is, is it establishes really like I, I would not be married to my husband right now if I hadn't established some really clear boundaries about what it is that I wanted and what, where it is I wanted my life to go. Mm -hmm. Again, it's always a confess, like a, like people think of a boundary as a, you've got to stop doing this or else yes. I'm data dying. It's like, no, that's absolutely not. A boundary is a confession and an invitation. Here's what I want. I want that with you. Do you want that too? Yeah. And so it's important to have those kinds of big conversations about lifestyle and what it is you want and where it is you're going for your future to make sure you're on the same page. Like it would, to, it would to, be. To recognize that there's going to be different stages in life. And, you know, my, my daughter's husband, she went back to university at 27. Good right? for her. And, and he supported her completely on that. And uh, every paper that she wrote, he would read and uh, give her a feedback on it. And she always felt that she could trust it, right? Like he was that sounding mm. board. And then if he's got something, you know, he brings it to her. And then again, there's that true partnership there, which is so important. It isn't one person lording over the other. It is like, you know, um, this is my strength. This isn't my strength. You know, oh, I just need somebody to hear it or see it or read it and give a second opinion. And, you mm -hmm. know, that's when you trust your partner. You know, not, no malice is going to come out of this. No competition is going to come out of this. You know, my brother is an author and uh, he will send me the you know, the book went before it, it gets published. And what do you think? And I'll come back at him and I'll go, uh, when the character's in this position or that position, it's not clear or this or that. And that gives him a sounding board to go back. I go, okay. And I do. There's like, it's not an attack. It's not right. saying it sucks. It's just saying, this is a different view on something. 
all right, that, you know, just needs to be clarified. And when you trust somebody, you respect that view because you know it's not coming out of any other malice or competition. It's coming out of, I want you to succeed. Absolutely. And my brother edited my book. Uh, when I wrote it. And I was actually really surprised because he's an author and he's a professor, a master's degree of, of literature. And, you know, my writing is very, very different. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my topic is very, very different because it was my memoir. And I was kind of expecting to kind of push back because when I used to write for his magazine, he would change it. And I go, no, you're changing my entire essence of what I'm saying edited because mm. my mm-hmm. grammar and spelling is terrible I have dyslexia but write it let it be my voice mm. and uh, and when he did then he started getting people I started getting people responding to what I'm writing why are they responding and guess I said I'm writing in familiarity yes. right I'm writing in a way that they can relate to and it's invitational for them to then converse but when he edited my book, it ended up being something that he learned something about me. Mm, right? And it, nice. I noticed there's this running through your book. And it, you know, I was expecting and I was quite pleasantly surprised at how much he kind of accepted it. So plus he's mm. edited my latest book, which is coming out this week as well. Our Forgotten Children book, Gotta Put a Plug In. It's 15 authors uh, who have contributed to the book on raising our children. Our forgotten children and our forgotten uh, children. Lovely. And it's, and it's very much talks about relationships with education, with medical, with families, with our children. And we need to raise our children differently today because our dysfunctional adults today is the way we raised them yesterday. And systems mm-hmm. have to change and we need to pay more attention. So when you have somebody that's wounded, that comes to a relationship wounded, I can guarantee mm-hmm. you reverse engineer and look at the wounded child within mm-hmm. right and, yeah, and ask oh. them to heal that wounded child and say you'll, you'll support you while you wounded that wounded child but if that wounded child comes into our relationship at this stage it may end up destroying it so let's work together on healing so that our yeah. relationship can be on a different level Absolutely. Yeah. Um, There's actually a book about that that I recommend to my clients. It's called Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. Mm -hmm. And it's an easy read and a very good read and explains a lot about what you're just talking about. And and the, the thing about the wounded child is there's, I guess, for me, there's degrees of woundedness and how you um, can actually help yourself heal. Like, like you can yes. use your relationship to help yourself heal if you have two willing participants. And there's there's um, an acronym, R-A-S, recognize, accept, and share. Mm. So it's like you start to recognize when you are in your feeling, your trauma wound. Right. You accept that you're there, and then you share it with your partner. And then if you've got a truly receptive partner, you can do so much healing together. It's Absolutely. a really beautiful thing. Yeah. Yes. And that, you know, was, I think one of the greatest gifts you can give your partner as you can oh. give yourself is vulnerability. Yes. If yeah. you do not feel safe to give your vulnerability in the relationship, then your relationship is either wrong or is in trouble. Right. Well, and that, and it may not, there's always two things like it, it may be the relationship, but it may be you. 
Yes. Like you, you may just be programmed to not share yeah. vulnerably because of your upbringing, because that, that's actually a, an intrinsic part of the wounding is it says, don't tell anybody. Yes. Keep, keep this a yes. secret. Don't, if, if you tell people they're going to, you're going to be ostracized. Like, like you're there's that voice. And persecuted you're gonna be, and, exactly. Yeah. All of that. So, yeah. so the wounding comes with that voice in, in itself. And so you may have a safe partner, but you just might not feel safe to share. Or you've tried sharing and your partner isn't a safe, they don't understand how to be a safe space to be. Um, but that can all be worked through. Like it's possible yeah. to work through that. The willingness mm -hmm. to work through it. That's the thing. You know, it's the yeah. willingness to say, look, I don't know how to handle this. We need to get some outside help. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, you know, that takes courage. You know, yes. because each one of us wants to think that we can do it ourselves. Right? <laughs> yeah, we can't. But, you know, <laughs> if, just, say, just like yeah. the editing, you need somebody with an outside voice, somebody who can hear, listen, and then go, have you noticed or this, you know, I see this popping up and you're, you're not aware of it because you're in it. So you need right. that outside, you know, outside voice, outside projection to look at it and go, you know, this is something that obviously needs to be addressed and no no that's okay no uh -uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the, yeah the body changes the tone changes every time yeah. you mention that no it ain't okay <laughs> that's right yeah less than 10 percent of our communication is the words the rest yes. is tone and body language yes. and all of that yes and it's like very subtle so yes the, the, what do you mean something's wrong <laughs> i'm okay <laughs> through, through gritted teeth yes the chin starts going or the shoulders go back yeah you always know right and you know this is perhaps when you start seeing that body action on your partner this is maybe not the time you know to say okay i just like you like you to know i'd like to address this yeah later yeah all right yeah. let them get their out of the way yeah. first <laughs> exactly and prepare for it don't don't you know especially i'm afraid sorry guys but especially with the guy because yeah. they, they go more into you know into um ego mode because it's been brought up as a man, you know, you're in charge, you're the man, you don't show the vulnerability, uh, you know, you, you could cope with anything. And then you give them something they don't know how to cope with, like emotion. And and it's, you know, immediately that defense and that ego kind of steps in and goes like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Mm. And uh, and it's like, let them get that out of it. Okay, quick, you go and spend that. And then when you're ready, come back and let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, the men certainly do tend to have that way of defending that is their tendency but women like women have their own way of defending yeah. as well and it just looks less obvious and so if we go in more and shut down a man can. i think it kind of projects out and we go withdraw <laughs> it, it can be yeah, yeah i mean there like there's you know everybody fights flights or freezes yeah. yes and and so yeah women's women's can look like um like the it's easy from a woman's perspective to make the guy look like the bad guy because he's the one that's angry yes right yes. but meanwhile we're, we've shut him out uh-huh you know so he's and just so, talking to a brick wall right uh, yeah so you're getting more yeah. frustrated because he's talking to a brick wall <laughs> yeah yeah and that's not always the way it goes but that is yeah. you see that yeah. pattern more often for sure yeah you yeah. know in any relationships you know like i say with with my husband he was a browbeater and i called him a piranha mm. he would suck the energy out of me yeah. but as i kind of came more into my own recovery and took more back more my own my own life my own empowerment mm -hmm. i realized i gave him the boots to kick me with the fact right. that he put them on and kicked yeah right? but i gave him that because as you drew in that egg line i mm -hmm. pushed that you know i gave my control 
yeah. my control over my own decisions myself over to him. But he took that power, mm -hmm. right, and abused it. But I gave myself away. And right. that's something we can only kind of give ourselves away, so to speak, to someone where there is that, you know, in that dividing line, I would say that there's a line on this side of the dividing line divide there's that place in the center there mm. right that uh, that is the you want to both meet there in the mm. safe arena but you want to know it's a safe place to meet yes absolutely and yeah and you've you've said something really important there as well is that um in in taking your power back again it's not it's not a fight it's an no. invitation yes right and yes. so Yes, it's it's, a, it's an important distinction that people, you know, if you're just going to fight back, you're just in the content. Exactly. Right? You're not, it, you're not it, it actually is, addressing anything. It's forever going around and around like a hamster wheel, you know, yes. it never gets resolved and it just gets a bigger hamster wheel over time. Yes. Right. And it's a, it's perpetual. And if you're not willing to seek the help or if you're not willing to recognize it, you're not willing to address it, then, you know, you, at some point you have to pull away from it. Otherwise, it will eat you up, mm -hmm. which, um, you know, I, I was one of those and I've seen far too many women in my life that have just been gobbled up mm -hmm. by that situation where they've retreated. They've basically handed themselves up because they couldn't fight anymore. Right. And, uh, and instead of walking away, they just kind of wither away. Right. right. Yeah. And you said something that was really important about you gave your husband the boots to kick you yeah. with. And it doesn't mean that he, like you said, it doesn't mean he had to kick you. Right. However, however, if you keep looking at the fact that he's kicking, not the fact that you gave him the boots, yeah. you're never, ever going to like, cause you can't change that if he doesn't want to change that, but you can right. change, you can take the boots away. Exactly. And, and, that's, and that's what I did. I took the boots away. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. that's where your empowerment comes from. So, exactly. so for you to keep pointing the finger and saying, he's the bad guy, he's the bad guy. I promise that's not going to help. Three fingers are pointing back at you. Exactly. What's your accountability, your responsibility? <laughs> what are you doing about it? Exactly. Yes. And yeah. and I, I had to come to that realization, but I had to get out of my woundedness. Yeah. Right? I had to get out of the woundedness and the trauma of it uh, mm -hmm. to, to realize that I was letting this happen. Mm -hmm. And I needed outside help to do it. I seeked it in ah, different good ways and spiritual ways. Um, but then, and then as each time it became more and more of aware of, I don't need to let this happen anymore. Mm -hmm. um, a hard thing to do be with a piranha because they'll follow you from room to room and room until they suck the life out of you, right? right. So it's very hard yeah. to escape. But when I change my energy towards him, that happened less and less because my energy had that boundary wall Right. That was much stronger and it couldn't mm. get past that wall. And yeah. uh, so it was taking back my power. And we want to get to that stage where that equality in the relationship is there, right? Yes. The recognition of each other's gift to each other, the gift to ourselves. And that that relationship is founded in a mutual respect for one another. And respect exactly. isn't just, oh, here's my respect for you. It is something earned. It is something that deepens over time, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's something that's demonstrated. Exactly. Like my, like, like, yeah, like my relationship with my mom became, started to become a demonstration of that. Yes. For, first of all, me respecting the relationship, saying this is, I want something new here. And her finally hearing me mm -hmm. and going, okay. But I've actually had a, that happen with another friend and the friend walked away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, exactly. 
not everybody wants it. No, no, and not everybody can. And and yeah. you know they've got to be willing to recognize something's wrong. And instead of persecution, you know, self persecution, if something's wrong, I'm in a pattern that mm -hmm. maybe was imposed upon me. I have to change the program. Mm -hmm. I have to change the pattern, and that is that empowerment lies within me. But not That's everybody right. can step into that courage and that strength to That's do right. it and uh, yeah. and they've got to want to when you really right. want to you will find the courage and the strength absolutely um i know that soon we're going to be coming to an end so let's address money because money is a ah. huge problem in a relationship isn't it yes yeah you know what people come i mean people always come to me about um conflict about how to deal effectively with conflict however their content the content of the conflict the big three mm -hmm. money sex kids yes Right. That's the big three. And so, yeah, in relationship, again, it's just like anything. If you if if it's getting like this, like if the you use your safe word, just use your safe word until you find this, the wherewithal to be able to come back and talk about it. And if you can't get some help. Yes. Like if you need a financial advisor or a money mediator or a whatever it is, just like you would need a counselor for therapy, yeah. maybe you need both. Right. But I think um, you also need to actually understand how you each look at money. And yeah. I think, you know, before we gain the ring on it and you come together, exactly, you know, back <laughs> to the egg. Yeah. Uh, what is your personal relationship with money? Mm -hmm. And for some people, money comes easy. They can generate it easy. For some people, they have a, you know, a different relationship with money. And you've got to identify each other's relationship and go, okay, so that's your relationship for you personally. What's our relationship? Yes, good point. Love right? that. Because yeah. in the hour, that's the the mutual bank. This is the our our couple community uh, money, right? What you do with your money, what I do with my money, but what we do with our money, we've got to be on board with. Absolutely. And this is where I show people the egg in terms of their, because this is you on one side of the egg, mm -hmm. right? But this question mark doesn't have to be a person. It can be money. Yes, exactly. So this What's tells your relationship you with sex, with money, money, children. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. Like, are, are you working too hard and push, yeah. burning yourself out and pushing it away? Or are you on, on the other side and, and not working uh, with it to establish it enough? Like, are you yeah. not educating yourself enough? Are you not, you know, yeah. all of those things? So, yeah. yeah it's, no, it's we, you know, Absalom, I've said this over and over again. I don't care what topic we talk about. Everything is is down to relationship. Always relationship with self mm -hmm. uh, your relationship with self will reflect on your relationship with others whether mm -hmm. it's in business whether it's in friendship or whether it's in love or whether it's with your children or whether it's just with people in general if you're mm -hmm. a grumpy old person who's always putting the blame on everyone else you are going to impose that grumpiness on everyone and they're going to either fight back or walk away right? right but if you're a person that's coming from that space of self-love of love and respect of community value, of mm -hmm. enrichment and abundance, then that love is going to pour over and be invitational. And, you know, yes, you may get the people that just want to suck that love out, but that, mm -hmm. that again comes into your energy level. Mm -hmm. Wherever your Absolutely. energy boundary is, you're going to attract those people that respect that energy boundary. Yeah. And then you're going to benefit those. You can't benefit people with that lower energy because they've got to, in their own self-journey, rise up and raise Absolutely. their own energy but it is always comes down to the first and the foremost and the most important is 
relationship with self. Exactly. Well said, Sarah. Thank you. A beautiful way to end. <laughs> so when somebody listening to this and, and it's like they're either in a couple relationship or just in a relationship with themselves or they, they're having a repeated pattern because I married my father. I married mm, a Chinese mm -hmm. guy from Hong Kong in yeah. a different country, different religion, different everything else. But the tendencies were my father. Absolutely. Right? And like, I never would have seen that until we were in the marriage. Right? Then I realized now, was that me inflicting that expectation unknowingly on him? Or was that something I saw in him without recognizing it? So I had to deal with those issues before I brought it to a relationship, which I didn't even know they were issues. So relationship with self is so important before you try and look for a partner uh, because you just don't want to bring your issues to the game. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we could talk about a whole other hour on another podcast about that. <laughs> Absolutely. A really big one. So A, how do people get hold of the book? But also um, in your counseling, um, mm -hmm. what? how do you help people? individually couples um, groups how is it work and how do people reach you Doug? yeah all of it so um, they can find a copy of my book on amazon it's called the lime green plastic covered couch and that's a mouthful i know <laughs> and it, it explains that in the book but they can reach me at they can actually find me on facebook it's i'm just marion baker or they can reach me at my email, which is marionbaker at shaw.ca. And it's M-A-R-I-O-N, Baker, B-A-K-E-R, at shaw.ca. And what I'm going to do is the first three people that I hear from, I'm going to mail them a, a copy of my book, free copy Wonderful. of my book. So, yeah. so a free copy of your book to the first three people that email her at marionbaker at Shaw. S-H-A-W dot C-A, not dot com, folks, dot C-A. Dot C-A, uh, Canada. Canada, all the way. And, and your site, love. Um, it's ravenstonecounseling.com. Ravenstonecounseling.com. Yeah. And yeah. so all your programming is there. Uh, you work with individuals, you work with couples, you work with families. What's uh, all the, of it? Yes. All of it individuals couples uh groups are is my favorite actually and so um if people can't afford one-on-one -on -one counseling group counseling is a really good way to go yeah. and so if they're interested in that let me know and i'll i can even put a group, group together about this topic is it done one-on-one -on -one or is it done through zoom um how do you do yeah. it to groups would be done on zoom all, all of it yeah so i mean i live in hope bc so if they want to see me personally that's where they would have to come but otherwise i can see them on zoom Right. And so, I mean, that, you know, very often, you know, uh, one of the big problems with counseling, I don't have the time. Well, with Zoom, you do. You just carve right. out this amount of time. You've got not, I haven't got to get in the car. No, I've got that's to do right. anything. You could, uh, if it's couples, you can both either be together or separate computers in the house. You know, it's uh, separate places in the world. Separate places in the world. It doesn't yes. matter, right? And it's all just coming to this one spot. And, um, yes. uh, uh, yeah, and you know, this is the beauty of, of this today, this technology is the fact that we don't have to do, that's not an excuse anymore. Well, mm. that person's too far away, or I don't have time to get in the car and do all of that. You don't need to do that now. <laughs> that's Take right. an appointment, press the link, and there you are. And so, Bob's your <laughs> uncle. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> everybody needs help. I don't care who you are, how, you know, how popular, how rich, how this, how that, or anything you are, everybody needs help along the way. Mm. 
Um, doing it on your own, which believe me, folks, it's not easy. I've been mm -hmm. there, done that. Having somebody else help you along the way, just reveal things to you, just mirror things to you, showing things to you, or just simply hearing you Absolutely. is so important. We all it need is. that help because when we're in that crisis or in that flux, all we can see is the flux. We can't see any rationalization to do with it. We can't work anything out because we're too busy in it. So you need that objective view who can see it and who can start giving you different ways of looking at it and different tools to apply in order for you to be able to actually take action in resolving it. So these shows are always about listen, learn and apply because there's always something that you've listened to, that you've learned, that you can apply to your own life. Now I'm going to speak. Oh, at you. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sarah. It's been a pleasure. And um, I'll see you in another 13 years. No, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe before. Yeah, much sooner. Uh, so it's revelstonecounseling.com, Marion Baker at shore.ca. The first three people get the book, The Lime Green Plastic Covered Couch, which you can also buy on Amazon. And she's also on Facebook at Marion Baker as well. Reach out. Everybody needs some help. You know, I don't care if you think I've got it all together. You know, sometimes even having somebody verify that you know, verified you've got it all together. Right. It's like, you know what? Yeah, you know, you've got it all together. You've got all the things and that's good for you. Or mm -hmm. you know what? You've got it together, but except in this area. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and let's polish that up a bit. Let's polish that up a little bit. You know, you don't yeah. have to be completely broken, you know, before you go to someone that can help glue you back together with love to become flawsome. <laughs> Remember the flawsome bowl, putting your pieces back together with love, then it's unbreakable. Absolutely. So it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have something wrong in your life. It's okay for a relationship not to be working out the way you want. All you've got to do is have the willingness to do something about it. So thank you so much, Marion. And to okay. everyone else out there, keep the love alive for the rest of the year. Bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. There are so many more for you here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. Just go to the podcast tag at the top there and you will see all the many genres and all 3,000 shows ready for your listening. We are here to serve you, to help you on your journey of life. And we know that through inspiration, it begets invitation. We are supported by you, the listeners, and those that we interview. Anything that you can spare us in donation would be greatly accepted and we do hope that you enjoy the next show.